We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gents, boys and girls, happy Thursday, February the 23rd, 2023. Hope you're all doing well. Chris Phillips here of the Daily Crow of the Spurs Up Show. Appreciate you all tuning in. We are rocking and rolling here on this Thursday. Taking your questions, comments, and calls as always. 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. I see John Edwards, Xavier, Panic Ritter, Stephen Boyle Jr., Travi. What's going on? Also, those who are in the Big Cock Club Discord. Head over to the TDC Questions channel. The TDC Questions channel. Be sure your questions are answered there. Again, we have got a lot to get to. Noah Johns, what's going on, my friend? Appreciate you tuning in. Of course, as always, guys, TDC brought to you by our friends over at Price Picks. Go down the Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Guys, anything and everything you can think of, they've got it over at Price Picks, college sports, pro sports. You got March Madness upcoming as well. I think on Price Picks, you'll also be able to play. <clears throat> women's college basketball. I think that's going to be a thing as we get into the postseason. If you will, SEC tournament starts next weekend and the postseason and women's college basketball will get going very soon after that. So again, go down the Price Picks app, go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out. Tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up show sent you. Again, guys, we are rocking and rolling here on this Thursday. Of course, this afternoon at 1.15, J.C. Sherbert, he will join the show to talk all things Gamecocks. Uh, I just went on inside the Gamecocks, 11.30 to about 11.50 or so is when I jump on there every single Thursday. So be sure to check out their show, J.C., J.B., Phil, do a great job on inside the Gamecocks. Highly suggest you all checking them out and excited to chat with J.C. here on this Thursday, but a tough one last night. Yours truly was up until <clears throat> 2 a.m. Recording and editing today's podcast. Of course, episode 762 did drop early this morning, but, uh, you know, it's funny, guys. It, it, it shows really, truly why I don't record shows super late anymore because I get about 70% of the way through the podcast only to realize that I never clicked the record button. So I had to start all over. I was literally like 25, 30 minutes into the show. Had to start over, do the show again. But, uh, you know, listen, it is what it is. It's all good. Um, 
Certainly not complaining, but I just thought that was a silly thing that I did. So either way, podcast, though, did drop this morning a full breakdown of the basketball game last night. Gamecocks in the midweek. And, of course, we look at the weekend series against the Penn Quakers. A full breakdown of that. Really exciting stuff on the pod today. But, again, I want to hear from you. 843-790-3377. Also, guys, you see... We are rocking the new lid today. The Garnet Beamer Rattler lid came in the mail yesterday. Really, really great stuff. Go ahead and get yours today. It's never too early, right? You're going to need it for the spring game. You're going to need it for football season. TSUS.store is the place to go. And a really tough one last night. And let me start here. I started here on the podcast as well, guys. The whole Brandon Miller situation. Listen, if you... Um, the Brandon Miller situation, whatever your opinion is on it, I- I'm not going to dive into it. The bottom line is this. He played. Am I a little bit surprised? Am I a little bit surprised that he played in the game? Sure, but uh, not going to dive too deep into the whole situation. And I think I actually called him Brandon Walker on the show, so I do apologize to the inside the Gamecocks audience. But Brandon Miller, um, you know, it is what it is. He played, so... Either way, tough one last night. Gamecocks falling in overtime. Um, you know, just just a just a brutal game. However, I look at it differently, guys. I, I think it's a positive. I, I really think you can look at the game last night and have a lot of hope, right? Hope's not a strategy, but without hope, you have nothing. I think you can have a lot of hope about the future of this program and what Lamont Paris is building. Because, you know, you have seen positives, right? I, I think you've seen in year one of Lamont Paris – you know, his willingness to to uh, put his foot down, you know, bench G.G. Jackson, also the development of G.G. that has taken place because of that decision. Also, the development of Jacoby Wright, Josh Gray, Michi Johnson has come into his own. You know, I, I, I do think there are positives. And then, of course, you look at a game last night and going toe-to-toe with the second-ranked team in all of college basketball, I, I, I think – there's a reason to feel good about it. If you're able to remove some of the fandom and the emotion, if you will, I think you can take a step back and look at it and say, you know what? There's a reason to believe that South Carolina basketball could be in really good hands under Lamont Paris and that he could get the job done. So, um, you know, as, as much of a heartbreaker as that was last night, I actually came away from it feeling really encouraged about the future of this basketball program and what Lamont Paris can do in his tenure here. Uh, so, again, really excited for it. Joseph said, let's get into your questions. Willie B will get more national attention for the crazy atmosphere it is, which can help with recruiting and building for the future. I mean, no doubt. I think everybody thinks of Willie B as a, as a raucous environment. Oh, he said this before. He said, Chris, one thing I don't think people have mentioned much about next season is for it to be a good year, you can kind of say we should go undefeated at home. That could be very beneficial, creating a brand. I, I, I see where you're coming from there because a lot of our tougher games uh, – you know, they are on the road, so it, it it's sort of a uh, – it's an interesting spot to be in, no doubt. It is a very, very tough road slate in this upcoming season. Um, Panic Ritter, hopefully baseball hitting lasts the entire season. Just remember last season, we had a good weekend one week and struggled the rest of the season. Hope we can make the postseason. Well, Panic Ritter, let, let me go ahead and get out in front of that because what, in your opinion, is struggling? Because at this point – you know, I, I feel like Gamecock fans are going to label that the first time we don't score double-digit runs as we are struggling. And that's just simply not the case. That's just simply not the case. Um, you know, it's funny. I got a text last night. It was the sixth inning. It was 6 nothing Carolina. And somebody was like, hey, are the bats doing okay? Like, what's going on with the bats? And I'm like, we are literally up 
six to zero. But because of the offensive explosion early in this season, right? Not scoring double digits just does not feel good enough. I, I think that streak will be snapped this weekend. I think you look at Penn. I think Penn is a is a quality ball club, and I think that uh, you know they they've got some quality arms for sure. But what I want to see more than anything is the consistency in the approach. I want to see consistency in the approach because, hey, listen, you face great pitchers in the SEC. You're not going to score 10 runs a game. Hell, you're going to have to win some ball games, probably two to one, three to two, something like that, some lower scoring games. But it's all about the approach from that under control professional at bats, the consistency and the patience you've shown early in this season, guys. I mean, hey, Everybody looks at the home run numbers, and why not? 20 bombs thus far. But you know what I look at? A 5'10 on base percentage. 36 walks, 19 hit by pitches. Guys, when you're getting guys on base and just 33 strikeouts, you're being productive, right? You're being a tough out. You're getting deep in the counts. That's what I want to see continue this weekend against Penn. It's not necessarily about hitting five home runs a game. If you do that, great. We'll all take that. But it's about, for me, again, showing consistency in the approach as the competition does get better because I think it does get better this weekend. Again, you look at Penn, Owen Cody, who I think will get the start tomorrow. I'm not exactly sure yet. They have not released it. But I think Owen Cody, the Southpaw D1 baseball, projects him as the pitcher of the year in the Ivy League. Um, They do have a solid bullpen. I mean, again, this is a team that took two of three from Texas A&M. So consistency in the approach. That's the number one thing I want to see as the competition improves. Let's jump to the phone lines here. And I think we just missed Skyland. Skyland, you want to call back in? I tried to answer and you hung up. So, um, anyways. <clears throat> Punish him when it's in the zone. Yes, Monty Lee is the hitting coach. Yes, I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, Skyland, it's open. I just missed your call. I tried to uh, I tried to answer you. And as soon as, uh, sometimes, Skyland, when I'm on a, when I'm on a point, I'll let it ring for a couple of rings. So, yeah, call back in. The phone lines are definitely open. Uh, as soon as I answer you, you hung up, my guy. So, yeah, hit me up. Uh, yes, but Monty Lee is the batting coach or the, the hitting coach, if you will. Um, <clears throat> he is the hitting coach. Here we go. Let's jump to the phone lines. Skyland, what's up, man? How are you? Good, good. Enjoy your baseball for the first time in six years. Hold on. What now? Enjoy your baseball. Enjoying baseball. Oh, enjoying baseball. Okay. No, yeah, man, it's it's been a uh, – I don't think any of us saw this coming, right, with the offensive explosion. Um, it's incredible, man. It's incredible for sure. So, this is this is going to be a fun weekend. I know you're excited for it. And, um, you know, I, I've, I've done my deep dive, of course, the show today. But uh, Penn is a quality ball club, man. I'm not trying to anoint them or anything or, or make them something out to be that they're not. But, uh, you know, I think the number that stands out for me, Skyland, a team that had 10 guys on the all-conference team last year and six of those return, they returned their third baseman, their shortstop, their first baseman, and their catcher. So it's a veteran team. I think it's going to be a really fun weekend. It is. It's definitely going to be a challenge. Uh, I think people see, look at the name and they'll be like, oh, 10, who cares, yeah. you know? Well, and I, I think, too, something I will say this that helps South Carolina that, you know, I think Texas A&M, what bit them last year, it was opening weekend for them, right? Because that's what you're going to look at is that, oh, man, Penn took two out of three from an SEC team, which should be noted, right? They've got quality players. But I think something that hurt A&M, that was the season opening series. They had a bunch of different guys. Uh, obviously, they they ravaged the transfer portal for their ball club last year. And so it was opening weekend. And 
but this is opening weekend for Penn. They haven't played a game yet. And South Carolina's five games in. So I think that's going to help. Uh, I think that's going to help, certainly. But again, it's a Penn team, Skyland, D1Baseball.com. You know, when they did their preseason Ivy League, uh, their preview or what have you, they have Columbia winning the Ivy League, who made it to the regionals last year, and they're projecting them as a regional team this year. But they got Penn finishing second, and the player of the year and the pitcher of the year in the preseason for D1 Baseball, both from Penn. Wyatt Hensler, the third baseman, who was a third-team All-American last year, uh, and Owen Cody, who I expect to get the baseball tomorrow, the left-hander, uh, pitcher of the year in, in, the, uh, in the Ivy League. So, I mean, again, it, it's, it's, I think it's the best competition you face at this point. I, I don't want to make Penn out to be – you know, some powerhouse or anything, but it will be a step up in competition. So I, I'm excited to see how it plays out. Right. Uh, most definitely. Uh, I'm really, really proud of the offense and how these guys come together. Kiddos to Money Lee. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think people are freaking out or coming at me because I predicted the offense to be bad. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, to be honest with you, there's still time to be right, but I want to be wrong. <laughs> and I'll, I want to eat that cheese so bad. I'm glad I'm eating it right now, and I hope I continue to eat it. Uh, but we're not going to score over 10 runs a game every game, yeah. and I think you know that, but some people don't know that. Yeah, and it's and it's about and it's about keeping it's about keeping a level head. When and, and I mean I know I know that my my words are going to fall on deaf ears, right? Because the first time that the first time we get shut out or, you know, we only score a run or two in SEC play, people are going to label this team as horrific, they're terrible, what have you, and it's baseball, man. I mean, there's just going to be some days you show up to the yard and, hey, there's going to be some days it looks like a beach ball. There's going to be other days it looks like a pebble. I mean, it's just it, – that's how it goes. Um, but, again, that's why, Skyline, I just said right before you called is that the biggest thing I want to see this weekend, you know, scoring a lot of runs is great, but, but it's – and I know this might sound kind of crazy, but it's almost secondary in the sense that I just want to see consistency in the approach. You know what I mean? Right. There's going to be some days that you're just not going to score 15 runs. I mean, you're going to have to win a ball game five to three. And that's okay. But I just want to see consistency in the approach. That is my biggest thing. So I don't, um, I don't want to take away from the Gamecocks, but the last five games we got to help with errors and walks. And I said if we're going to be a winning team, we're going to have to get help with errors and walks. So I'm, I'm really concerned or curious when – the, the walks turn into strikeouts or will they turn into hits or, or will they stay walks? And what if, you know, we, we run into a team that don't, doesn't throw a lot of balls and how, how are we going to spar? Are we going to hit the ball? Are we going to put it in play? Are we going to strike out? It's just a lot of, it's still a lot of ifs in the air for me. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, and I'll, I'll say this, just, just looking at specifically this weekend, you know, I've still picked the sweeps, Skyline, but that's, see, that's the good thing is that, Hey, even if you have a quote unquote down weekend for the way your offense has been swinging it, I mean, my goodness, Scott, and the pitching staff's just been lights out. I mean, how much yes. do you how much do you really need to score? I mean, as good as or as many quality guys as Penn brings back, are they going to be able to hit Hall, Sanders, Mahoney? Are they going to be able to hit this bullpen? I think honestly, you know, I, I'd love to see the offensive explosion continue. Five straight games with double digits, but uh, you know, I, I think what we haven't been able to see yet Skyland because the games have been so out of hand they've been such blowouts is roles established like I'm really curious to see this weekend if it's a if it's a five to three game in the sixth inning seventh inning, who's the first guy out of the bullpen who's the closest I'm, I'm just saying like you know those haven't really been established because we haven't had to do so right it's been sort of hey let's get guys experience let's get guys innings which is great I mean we all love that but 
I'll be very curious to see. It's like, okay, on Friday night, who's that first guy coming out? Who's who's the eighth inning guy? Who's the closer? You know what I mean? And so to really start to establish the role. So there, there could be some positives if you play a closer game. But um, and I do expect the games will be closer this weekend. I, I don't think you're going to see a 19 to three. I don't. I mean, but you never know. Maybe this offense is. I mean, when you're hot, you're hot. And, uh, you know, the biggest thing you can have in baseball is confidence, I think. So, this group is swinging it with all types of confidence. And, you know, maybe it'll continue. But uh, it'll be a great challenge tomorrow against the Southpaw, right? I mean, they, they got a couple real quality arms. So, um, you know. but What worries me is yeah. baseball's a tricky game. We're hot it right is. now. Yeah. When, when do we cool off? Is it SEC play? Is it next weekend versus the Tigers? Is it mid-SEC play? Like, when do we cool off and hit that cold streak? And that, this, I feel like we're just hot at the wrong time right now. I'd rather be, you know, medium, winning games three to one, than in SEC play hit this hot streak. <clears throat> well, I'll, I'll tell you this, Skyline, again, and this is credit to my 11.7 boys. Uh, this is their, I say philosophy, but hot, cold, hot. That's, that's kind of how you want to go in the college baseball season. Start the season out hot. You get cold middle of the year figured out, and then you want to get hot and be peaking at the end. You don't want to do what Tennessee did, which hot, hot, hot all the way through, and they got cold at the worst time, which was the postseason. So, I mean, I, I get what you're saying, right? I mean, there's no real way to – I mean, it's kind of up in the air and in the hands of the baseball gods when you get hot, when you get cold, stuff like that. But, I mean, I, I'll take a hot start. I, I, I'll take a hot start. I, I get what you're saying. I guess the objective is to make it when you do get cold, are you still able to win games? I mean, again, that's the luxury. You've got a pitching staff to where you don't have to score 10 runs a game to win, right? I mean, you can win games three to one. You you can do that. So, um, and you're playing great defense as well. I, I would say this to your point. I, I totally understand where you're coming from where, I mean, you're, you're watching some of these non-conference games and, and these hit-by-pitches and these errors and, the, and these – these free runs, if you will. They're, they're not going to come when you face better competition. But I think you do have to give a lot of credit, again, to the patience of these hitters. And I just don't feel like we're swinging at a ton of bad pitches. And we are making pitchers get us out. We are not getting ourselves out. Not very uh, often. Like not very often, like at least. I, and I like that a lot. That's why I called it. I said we're going to be a patient team. We're going to take our walks, and we're going to make teams pay. Yeah. No, for it, sure. It, it, even if we win 40 games and we don't make it super, Keats is still fired. And all I think this is doing is building a better resume for Monty Lee to take over next year. Because Keats' offenses have never looked like this. And all of a sudden, you hire Monty Lee and we're hitting the ball like we're supposed to. I feel like this is just building a better resume for Monty Lee. I hear you. Well, let, let's <laughs> let's get through the season and, and figure it out from there. We, we got a lot of ball to play. Um, and, again, I'm excited for this weekend. I'm excited to see a bit of a step up in competition. And, uh, again, you don't want to anoint Penn to be something they are not. But, uh, by the way, Skyland, switching gears a little bit, and I, I know we, we, you know, to hell with the rival, but I tell you, Clem Sucks has got a really interesting series this weekend against UCF. That, that'll be one I – you know, to keep an eye on with the rivalry series next weekend. They've got a bit of a challenge as well. You know, they're kind of feeling good about themselves. They're 4-0. Just beat Charlotte, which was a quality win in the midweek. But I'm very intrigued to see how they fare this weekend against UCF. And I, I think, Last you know, two games, the Tigers had to come back and win, so. Yeah. No, for sure. For sure. For sure. I mean, it, like I said, it's – I keep it's, up uh, with the Tigers. 
I keep up with the Tigers just like I keep up with the Gamecocks because they're my rivals. So. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, for sure. Especially leading up to the rivalry series, I like to keep an eye on them. I, I do. So, um, and those it seems like they, <clears throat> it seems like they have the bats, but they just don't have the pitching to get it done. Yeah, for sure. And those asking, by the way, in the uh, in the chat, yes, this is Penn's opening series. They have not played a game yet, so this will be opening day for Penn tomorrow. Uh, which, again, I, I think plays in South Carolina's favor. The fact that Penn sort of – they don't know what we have and the Gamecocks have already gotten hot. I think that definitely benefits them. But, uh, you know, I, I'll say this, Skylin. You, you can – you can, you know, and I'm not, I'm not saying you're twisting it or anything, but you can you can twist it or spin it however you want. But the fact that South Carolina's doing this against this competition, it's not something they've always done before. So, no. to see Carolina actually taking care of business and, you know, I mentioned it, picking on lesser pitching and building confidence because you're going to need it because – you're not going to hit 378 in SEC play. You're just not going to do it, which is okay. Nobody's expecting you to, but you need to build up as much positive confidence or as much confidence as you possibly can uh, when you go against the best arms that college baseball has to offer. These next two weeks are definitely going to give you an idea how this team is going to be these next uh, these next two weekend series. Oh, no doubt. Because, I mean, you have Bethune-Cookman after that, and that's not going to tell you anything. So, um yeah. And I really, really, I think we go into Georgia and take two out of three of them. Georgia's not looking too good to me. Well, I think that's an intriguing series. And I was asked, uh, what was it? I think yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I was asked yesterday um, about, you know, SEC series and which one's sort of flying under the radar. And I, I do think that series against the dogs, I think that one will be really, really interesting. You know, Georgia's kind of one of those, they're kind of one of those sneaky teams where it's like, I don't think Georgia's going to be all that great. But, uh, you know, it would not surprise me at all to see them a weekend or two, you know, shock some folks, take two out of three, uh, what have you. So, it'll be interesting, man, for sure. No doubt. No doubt. I, I, I have the game caught sweeping this weekend. Uh, honestly, I have the game caught sweep, sweeping next weekend. So You already throwing out a prediction for rivalry weekend. I love that. I just feel like, you know, uh, uh, Clemson's pitching – Ain't, ain't up to par, you know, uh, and our pitching is going to definitely shut down their offense for just a little, uh, just enough for our offense to score. Mm-hmm. So if we can score five runs to seven runs a game, including SEC play, we're going to be just fine. Well, you know me, Skylin. It will be, uh, it, you know, I'll be, I'll be breaking it down in depth all week next week. It's. Uh, you know, Carolina Clem sucks on the diamond is, is like my Super Bowl, man. I get just as fired up for that as I do the football game. So, it'll be a lot of fun. But, uh, yeah, man, I'm excited for this week. Are you going to any games this weekend or no? No, I save my money for next weekend. Gotcha. Okay. I live I live two and a half hours away. And, and I, it's either choose to go to all three Christmas games or go to uh, the Columbia this weekend. Yeah, I got you. I got you. All right. Well, yeah, sounds good, man. It'll be a lot of fun. And, and like I said, I'm uh, I'm excited because Penn does feature some quality guys. But I, I do think, you know, I picked the sweep. And, and I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this, Kyle. It wouldn't shock me if Carolina lost a game. It wouldn't. If they won two out of three, that would not totally shock me. But I just think when you factor in, this is Penn's opening weekend. South Carolina, I don't think there's a hotter group of hitters in college baseball right now. And the fact that you have the pitching to back it up, like even if the offense takes a quote-unquote step back and doesn't score the way they have, I mean, you got the arms. You know what I mean? I, I just – I believe in this pitching staff. Um, you know, I believe in this in this 
in this group of arms you have. So, in the way you're playing defense as well, and, I mean, you're just making it so tough on opposing hitters. And, you know, again, opening weekend for them, they're going to finally see some live action. And uh, I think the Gamecocks will get it done. I, I do. I think they'll get it done. I think they'll hit enough. You know, I think you will still see the, the bats stay hot. Again, I don't think it's going to be in the double digits like you've seen, but the bats will be good enough. The pitching will be dominating. I think South Carolina will move to 8 no. Big shout out to Gavin Cassius for hitting two base hits last night outside of – I thought he was going to be home run or nothing, but he came in, hit a single and a double last night. Proud of him. Yeah, yeah, Cassius is coming into his own. Hey, how about Ethan Petrie? Hitting, oh, hitting, over, hitting over 600 right now as a true freshman. You can't take him out the line. Now, hey, hey, get, hey, hear me out on this. Does he remind you – for me, when I look at him – it's like a hybrid mix of Grayson Griner and Christian Walker. And I know that's – I know those are two legends. But, like, when I look at him in the box, he looks like he has, like, that size and that stance of a Grayson Griner. And, and obviously, as a freshman, balling out the way he is, it just reminds me of what Walker did in 2010. So, you know, maybe he can have that type of season. But he, he's a stud. How, he's, he's a talent for sure. How long do you give Braswell to he enters the portal? <laughs> dude i have no idea i have no clue man stuff like that it's it's stuff like that is impossible to predict i mean it's you know i don't think any of us obviously want to see michael braswell into the portal um you know you, he loses his spot which it seems like is lost at this point uh I, I don't know i don't know man tough to predict tough to predict well let's stay hot all right fuck it let's go Let's have fun with it. I'm enjoying it right now. This is the, probably the last time I had so much fun <clears throat> with Gamecock baseball was Keaton's first year. Yeah, that was a fun season. That was an interesting season, though. You might recall, man, we lost a Presbyterian in the midweek, and, and things were not going well, and they turned it around. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, obviously, listen, again, it's we all want to see Gamecocks baseball win and win big, and hey, so far, so good, like I said. So, we'll, we'll see if it can continue. But, uh, yeah. Well... I'll let you get off of here. And, uh, definitely, are you going this weekend or next weekend, any? This weekend, I, I may try to catch the Sunday game. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, next weekend, no. We're going to do some live streams. We're going to do some live streaming stuff, um, which I know to some people will disappoint, but I think it'll be a great opportunity with content, man, honestly, which is my number one goal to make great content. And uh, So, yeah, I think I'm planning on doing the live stream thing for all three games and uh, – yeah, should be a lot of fun. So, if that plan changes, I'll let you know. But I'm I'm pretty much set on that. I'm pretty much set on that. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I, I think, again, I, I think it'll be such an immense value add for the content because there's just no debate, Skyland, that I can create, which is, again, my number one goal is to create content, right? It is. That's, that's what I do, right, especially on game day. And uh, there's just no debate that if I'm in studio, locked in, plugged in, got my phone in front of me, you know, we're live streaming, creating content in that form and fashion. We're doing a little we, – we could do a little post-game, right? We'll do a little post-game show. Uh, I think could be a lot of fun. Um, I, I think it'll be a huge, immense value. And I, I think the value that it'll drive to the end consumer, I think, will, will, will far outweigh me being there in person. That's just my opinion. We'll see how it goes, and we'll adjust from there, but I'm excited for it. All righty. Well, I wish you the best. Uh, most definitely excited for Gamecock baseball. And how about the basketball team last night getting hosed? 
Yeah, tough. The refs were tough for sure. The refs were tough, but but we'll fight. If Lamont can get Lamont can get the, the players in there, he'll be just fine. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited for it, man. I I, I think uh, hope's not a strategy, but without hope, you have nothing. And I think we've got a little more hope than we once did under Lamont Paris. All righty. Well, you have a good day and uh, call in Monday after the series. Yes, sir. We'll talk soon, Skylin. I appreciate you. Go Cox. Go Cox. Great stuff from our friend Skyland Davis. One of the most passionate Gamecock fans, Gamecock baseball fans for sure that you will ever meet. Um, and again, I appreciate his call and his insight. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Brian Dean, am I going into games? I might go Sunday. Maybe. I'm not 110% sure, guys. I- I'll just tell you this, that uh, when I'm at games, it's it's going to be sort of just a random thing. You know, I... I-, I- I don't know that I'm going to make like a really big deal of me going to games or what have you because, you know, again, guys, it's it's one of those things where do I love going to games? Sure. But it almost at this point just doesn't make sense. Like it, it, it doesn't make sense for me to be there in person. It makes sense for me to be back on the home front creating content. It just does. You know what I mean? It, it just literally does. Again, I think there's, you know, th- there's some cool things, but I, I look at it this way almost too. Like, if I'm not vlogging, if we're not doing behind the beak, if we're not creating some form of content from being there, there's really no point in me being there. And it's actually, again, it actually takes away from what I could be doing in studio, video in front of me, creating content. It actually takes away from that, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, so... I mean, I'm always open to feedback, and if you guys have thoughts on it, what have you, but, uh, I mean, it just... You know, it, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Honestly, when you really think about it, my number one goal to create great content and drive value for the end consumer, it doesn't make a lot of sense for me to put myself in a position where the content suffers. It, it just doesn't. So it just doesn't. Trip Cromer, what's the most games in a row we've scored 10-plus runs? I'm not sure. I'm honestly not sure, to be honest with you. But uh, Brian Dean said you would be closer – for two of the Clem Sucks series. I'm not sure I understand exactly what you mean in that message, Brian. Are you saying that I'm closer to like where the game's being played or what have you? Uh, Bruin Nation, damn, Robbie was almost right on his three things. Yeah, Robbie almost picked the upset. Robbie almost picked it. So kudos to Robbie. Guys, switching gears a little bit. Uh, way too early, or I call it way too early, but early college football lines. Gambling lines have dropped via FanDuel, and South Carolina is a one-and-a-half-point underdog to the North Carolina Tar Heels. Thoughts? I'm I'm a bit surprised. Color me shocked. Color me shocked. Um, I mean, listen, I I think UNC is a quality club. Don't get me wrong. They're a quality team, but my goodness, I'm, I'm... that one surprises me. That one actually really surprises me. Uh, I don't know if FanDuel is just expecting our defense to be terrible or what the deal is, but uh, <clears throat> UNC, UNC being a favorite in the game is is fairly surprising. It's fairly surprising. So, again, that is just via FanDuel. Um, yeah, so... Yes, again, guys, I understand that where I'm at now, I am closer geographically to the games. And, you know, I, I, I first off, I'll say this. I'd have to be a lunatic to go to the game in Clemson sucks. 
the way those people feel about me and the shit that I'll be talking, no thanks. <clears throat> you know, and I, and I love seeing the people on social media, you scared? Like, are you going to... Uh, yeah, I'm not going to put myself in a position to get messed around. Like, I, I, I want to be able to sit and watch and enjoy the game, right? And so I'm not going to put myself in a position to where I cannot do so. Going to the game at Clem sucks. I don't feel 110% confident that I could actually enjoy the game. I'll be totally honest with you. Um, you know, and again, like I said, this this all really comes down to I just know and believe that it is a much more of a value add. And I, guys, I've literally bought equipment for this reason. It's much more of a value add to watch the games from the studio, do the live stream, watch along, create content. And then again, also, like I said, guys, we might even do the post-game show. I, you know, I, I'm thinking about this. We might do a post-game show for the baseball games. I'm not exactly sure, not 100% on that, but uh, <clears throat> what do you all think? I think that could be really cool. I don't know if, you know, it's it's obviously not going to get probably the interaction or the call-ins like a football game would, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. We could do a post-game show. We could just also kind of roll into the post-game. I don't think there's really any need in, in doing two separate shows, especially for baseball, but uh, no, I think it'll be a great thing. I think it'll be a great thing, so. Let's see. Okay, Brian, the Gamecocks can claim the SEC regular season title tonight with a victory at Tennessee. How about that? Don Staley's squad getting after it. I would have fully expect them to get the W. Really, really exciting stuff. That'll be an interesting game, especially after uh, a bit of a sluggish game at Ole Miss, right? How, do, how does South Carolina's team respond to that? Again, guys, appreciate you all tuning in. 843-790-3377. Really excited to chat with you here on this Thursday. Uh, do we think Anthony Richardson's going to go number one overall? Is that really going to happen? That seems crazy to me. That really seems crazy to me. Anyways, guys, again, appreciate you all. Check out the podcast. I dropped this morning, episode 762. Um, Bruin Nation. I know Bruin Nation can appreciate this. Don't you feel like Bruin Nation? I'm going to jinx it for sure, but it's totally fine. Don't you feel like things have been pretty calm on the social media front? It, it's it's weird, right? Like, things have been pretty calm. Nobody's tried to cancel me in quite a while. It, it's I'm like, is everybody okay? No, I'm kidding. The embers of hate always burn out, man. They're just not sustainable. They're just not sustainable. So I'm glad that social media has found some peace. I, I am, right? Are you not? I mean, it's it's great, man. The slap dickery has sort of subsided on social media. It's, it's been nice. The last couple of weeks have been nice. They really have. And maybe it's just because the, the bats, right, have, have put a silence to some of the slap dickery, but it's been nice. Twitter's been nice. Twitter's been really nice. So I love it, man. I just know that Bruin Nation can really appreciate that because he sees it firsthand, and I know that he 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 witnesses a lot of it. So yeah, it's uh it's been nice, man. It's been nice, truly, truly. So Lynn Turner, yeah, don't don't let him come at the Lady Gamecocks for sure. Bruin Nation says they're focused on firing Lamont. Oh my gosh. I just, Bruin Nation, I, I think the only way you can be of that camp is if you you 
Lamont has been guilty till you know since the beginning in the sense of like that crew of people never felt like Frank Martin should have been fired. And they've they they've so they already come into it. No matter who South gonna hired, you know they're holding them to such a crazy standard because they just wish Frank Martin was still the coach. That's what it comes down to. Because no rational no rational fan is calling for Lamont Paris's job right. No, no nobody nobody nobody. Lynn Turner, we lost to Clem Sucks in in something like tennis or something like that. I, you know, not a not a major sport, not a major sport. So next weekend, next weekend will be a lot of fun, no doubt. It's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. Really looking forward to it. But of course, guys, we got pin this weekend. Pin this weekend. Let's not look past the pin Quakers. And somebody asked earlier, I'm trying to find the question. Uh, Brian, do we know anything about Penn's pitching? Yes, yes. Uh, the projected weekend rotation right now. Let's see, and I don't think Penn, I don't think they've dropped anything. Let's see. Here we go. Okay, maybe they have. Baseball open season with South Carolina. Yes, okay, so they're projected starters. Are as such. Well, I only missed one. Yeah, I only missed one. Um, Owen Cody, who we projected to go, he will go tomorrow, seven and one with a two eight ERA a season ago. Cole Zafiro, two and one with a four point five seven ERA last year, and then Ryan Dromboski, zero and zero with a five four ERA last year. That was the one we missed. I think we we had uh, we had projected Heinz would be the Sunday guy, but Drombowski. Will or Drombosky, excuse me, will get the start in game three. Uh, let's see. Joining, let's see, Owen Cody. I don't know why the background here on this site messed up. Um, let's see. Owen Cody, all-conference a season ago. He, again, had a 2.8 ERA, 74 Ks, and 54 and two-third innings of work. Pitches on the left side. Had a 7-1 and record. Uh, six Quakers who pitched to a sub-5 ERA are back as well, including David Shoemaker, who had an ERA under one for more than half of the season. Finished with a 2.16 ERA. So, um, they're pitching solid. They're pitching a solid for sure. And again, Cody, uh, D1 Baseball projects him as the preseason pitcher of the year in the Ivy League. So, preseason pitcher of the year in the Ivy League. The pitching is solid, no doubt. The pitching is solid, no doubt. I believe Mark Kingston should be speaking to the media at some point today, at some point. Of course, Gamecocks rolling with the same weekend rotation. See what Will does tomorrow. Really, really excited to see what Will does. You know, I thought last weekend in his first start, it was a little bit shaky, not quite as efficient as I'm sure he'd like to be. You know, way too many... 
Way too many four counts, way too many 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 Get back. Here we go. I don't know what just happened there. We just froze up. Get back closer to the dominant Will Sanders that uh, that we all know and love. Mike Morgan. I'm assuming this is not the Mike Morgan that called the game last night. But Mike Morgan comments, I think Lamont could have used timeouts better last night. Not sure why a timeout wasn't called with 4.1 seconds left. That last shot Gigi took in regulation wasn't good. We had one timeout we didn't even use at the end of the game, which could have been well spent. Yeah, I was I was surprised at that as well. I did notice that, Mike, that uh, South Carolina did not utilize that timeout. I don't really understand why, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Guys, we're going to go and jump into our first break of the day on the other side. I want to hear from you more of your questions, your comments, your calls, and more. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377. Again, really excited. Get your calls in now because J.C. Sherbert will join us at 115 for his scheduled or his normal weekly conversation, I should say. Really, really excited. Also, guys, we will have Mark Ryan on the show tomorrow. Uh, normally, of course, we have Mark on Wednesdays. Uh, they had an on-location show, I believe, at Ingalls in Spartanburg. So he was not able to join us. But he will join us tomorrow as well at uh, probably 12.15, 12.20, something like that. So really exciting into the week. And, uh, <clears throat> again, we get ready for we get ready for Gamecocks and Penn this weekend at Founders Park. Going to be a really, really good one. There's some great baseball this weekend, by the way. You've got Ole Miss and Maryland. Mississippi State, Arizona State, LSU's at the Round Rock Classic, uh, Auburn, Southern Cal, going to be a lot of fun. All right, let's jump to the phone lines here. What's going on, man? How are you? What's up, Chris? How's it going, buddy? I'm doing well. Appreciate you asking. What's going on? Not too much. Uh, yeah, this is Twisted Rooster, uh, artist formerly known as Twisted Chicken. Very nice. Appreciate you calling in, my man. What's up? I uh, I was going. I, I just started my YouTube channel up not long ago, and I'm I'm doing college football stuff. And I know us South Carolina fans, we have a few guys out there to do YouTube, but you know, I'm trying to do more overall college football. Mm -hmm. uh, did you read? The, did you you look at the predictions by Brad Crawford? What, what's your thoughts on? South Carolina's teams, Florida. He's got us as Georgia, Florida, and Kentucky. He's got us behind them, you said? Is that what you said? No. As far as, like, our permanent opponent. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. But what do you think? I did a video on that, and I, I would like to have gotten somebody from the West. Because we played, we played Georgia, Florida, and Kentucky so many times, I – my opinion was like a Florida, Kentucky, and maybe Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean, I think Georgia, Florida, Kentucky makes sense. Um, you know, I mean, they'll, you know, you, you'll, you'll play who you play, right? I mean, I, you know, I, I think that does make the most sense, though. Maybe Georgia, Florida, Vandy, something like that. But no, I mean, Georgia, Florida, Kentucky, I, I'd be all for it. I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see how it shakes out when 
you obviously get Oklahoma and Texas in the conference, but uh, you know, I, I feel like that's where most people are falling: Georgia, Florida, Kentucky. That just that seems to be right for South Carolina for some reason. I think you get the, you know, you got to play Georgia. They're your border border rival. Um, you know, I think you could interchange Florida or Tennessee. Which one would make sense? Uh, you also got to think about who Tennessee needs to play or who it makes sense for them to play. So, um, you know, I, I've got no issues with with Brad's prediction there. Yeah, well, you know, Tennessee's probably going to keep Vanderbilt. That's their their in-state rival. Right, and they're going to they're not going to do away with the Alabama. Right, Tennessee. Exactly. So that you know that's there too. So I, I don't know if Tennessee, South Carolina, will fall in with Tennessee or not. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Tennessee's definitely going to keep that. Like I said, I, I think Georgia, Florida, Kentucky makes a lot of sense. I'd, I'd be pretty surprised if it uh, if it wasn't those three, honestly, for your permanent rivals. Yeah, and I see them keeping a lot of the, the ex, like Big 12 teams starting some of those rivals back up. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was kind of cool. To, I went through it last night. Like I said, I, was, I did a little video on it, and I was just trying to get – you know, all the SEC guys to give their opinion on what they thought their permanent opponents would be up based upon that article. I got some good feedback on it. Yeah, it that's awesome, good. man. That's awesome. Yeah, hey, listen, college football moves the needle, my guy, and SEC football is uh, is certainly king. So, uh, no, nah, man, it's, it's always a point of emphasis, point of interest, if you will, for people. And I'm excited, man. More great college football. Again, in, in all the sports, really. I mean, college baseball, what it means, adding – Oklahoma and Texas and even basketball as well. So, yeah, it's going to be really, really cool, man, when you get, uh, you know, you get those two teams in the conference. Yeah, and I, I wanted to just call in and support the show, guys. You know what I mean? It, the more of us game talk, the word out for our university and our for a few years and stuff, and then I met you, my wife and I met you at the uh, – uh, FEMA's first game there, mm-hmm. the Eastern Illinois game. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I just want to let you know I'm out, I'm still out here. I'm still supporting you, buddy. I'm still listening to the show. Hey, I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Hey, it's all love and support from this way as well, man. I think creators supporting creators is the way to go. And um, you know, anything you ever Gamecock fans and. Uh, you know, th- those who cheer on the Gamecocks, you know, you're blessed because there, there are so many different channels and so many different sources, so many different creators out there that, uh, you know, either do it part-time, some of the time, full-time. They do graphics, they do podcasts, they do YouTube, they do social media, all kinds of stuff, right? So it's a, it's a blessing for sure to have many different great voices that are talking about South Carolina and keeping the, you know, the, the, the spreading the good word of the Gamecocks and, so certainly, man, you need anything from me, just let me know and uh, definitely support and, uh, you know, wish you the best of luck on the journey, man. It's uh, it's a lot of fun, no doubt. Yeah, absolutely, buddy. Yeah, I'm kind of in the – I guess I'll be – I guess you could say I'm kind of affiliated with Mark Rogers, or mm-hmm. I will be soon. Not, not doing his show or whatever. I have my own show, but right. he's kind of in the family that I'm in with my YouTube now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like Mark. Mark's a good guy. Yeah, Mark's a good and, dude. Uh, I thought he was on your show. I saw he was on your show the other day, and I'm like, you know what? I hadn't talked to Chris since basically since the football game when I <laughs> when I met you, and I'm like, I'm calling and put on on his show. Yeah. And yeah, once I'm 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 up and running and get live, I'd love for you to come on sometime and, and talk Gamecock sports with me. You're the, you're a baseball man. You know more about it than I do. Hey, let's do it, man. I'm always open to talk ball, so. 
I appreciate you, man. No, I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for the kind words. And uh, like I said, look forward to hearing from you soon. All right, Chris. You have a good one. All right, brother. Take care. Great stuff. Great stuff, man. Again, creators supporting creators. You love that. You love that. Absolutely. Uh, again, guys, phone lines are open, 843-790-3377. Get them in before J.C. Sherbert jumps on at 115. We will take a break at 110 before he comes on. Um also, really excited for the spring tour with our friends over at Carolina Ale House. That starting in about a month to the date. Looking forward to it. Let's jump back to the phone lines here. Call from Robbie Davis, Zach's Hall of Famer. Robbie, almost right, Davis. What's going on, man? How are you? <laughs> man, I was on pins and mother freaking needles last night while watching that basketball game. Yeah, crazy, man. Almost I'm convinced off. I got some more gray hairs on my head because of last night's basketball game. Yeah, that was a fun one. Almost pulled the, uh, you know, almost pulled a shocker. So, almost pulled a shocker. And and I think on and, and I think after last night, Lamont Paris proved that. Call from. Hold on. He. He can. He can possibly be one. He could possibly be the coach that can get us to to at least to where, when we're playing a basketball game, people are going to notice. Mm-hmm. And kudos to Mickey Johnson. Good lord, that boy! I am convinced now that he has literally, like you said before, in the gym ring. Okay, the second that boy walks in the door, he can make a shot. Okay, that that half court shot that he made before the half, I did not think. I, I never he shot it. I was like, oh crap, he's probably gonna miss. And I don't even think that ball hit the rim. Okay, I don't even think it hit the rim. If it did, I didn't mm-hmm. even notice it. And of course, we came up short, but we we hung in there with the number two team in the country, okay? So I am convinced after last night that he's he's, he's building something. You just got to give Lamont some time. Just give him some time. Just like giving Beamer, give him some time. Let him get the right guys in, the right guys that believe in what he's trying to build and let him do what he gets paid to do, and that is put a, a positive product on the floor. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I think it gives you hope. I think it gives you hope for sure, man, that uh, Lamont Paris can, can build this thing and and put out a product that we'll be proud of. I'm not saying we're going to win the SEC or anything, but, uh, you know, if he's able to take – he's able to take this group of guys and, uh, you know, do what he did last night. I mean, you know, who knows? Who knows? So – uh, I mean, it was a great effort, right. valiant effort. I, I I really do commend them for it. I, I had zero expectations, and for sure, you know, there were plenty of opportunities where Alabama could have pulled away and and, and made it a blowout. And uh, you know, I, I thought we did a great job every time. It felt like we needed a big shot, or we we needed a stop. We got it. We got it. So, right, for sure, and. I think 
I'm switching to baseball here, so I'm kind of I know I'm always do this. But you're good. Hey, you're good. You're good. <laughs> I I honestly, after watching the last couple of weeks and with how this pitching staff has been doing, I partly think we're going to break out the brooms against Penn this weekend. I think that's fair. I'm also picking the sweep, Robbie. I mean, I, I think that, listen, it wouldn't shock me if South Carolina lost the game. It really wouldn't because I think Penn's a quality right. club. But I, I just continue to come back to, number one, you're hot, right? So bet against the Gamecocks right. at your own peril. And number two, even if the bats, right. quote-unquote, cool off, I mean, you, you've got the mm-hmm. pitching staff to, to, to make up for it. You know what I mean? So, uh, right. I just – And there's like, yeah. yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, there's like what forty-ish or fifty-ish games in college baseball. Fifty, right? 50 games in this season. That's okay, so regular. I season. knew it was like around around somewhere. Yeah, fifty-six but regular. We're season obviously games. not gonna. We're not gonna go undefeated. Okay, mm-hmm. it's not gonna happen. And like I said the other day, there's gonna be weekends where we just don't have it. And whenever we have weekends like that, we gotta have a short memory, get and just get get it back to the way it was, and just stay focused and just take care of business whenever the opportunity represents itself. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. So. Somebody's asking me if I got the Powerball numbers. I'm like, no, I ain't got no Powerball numbers. I'm sorry. Robbie, you know, what, I was pretty darn close with. Robbie, what'd you have for lunch today? I'm actually eating a leftover sub from Jersey Mike. Love that. I tell you what, my guy. You know, I'm a big pup. You know, good. I'm a big pup sub guy. But you know who has good subs? Do not sleep on Ingles. Their, their subs are bomb. Ingles subs are good. <laughs> Ingles has got good subs. Ingles has got good subs, my friend. Yes, they do. I don't know why I love subs so much, but I just I don't know. I mean, who I doesn't who doesn't love food. who doesn't love a good sandwich? Come on. <laughs> but uh, it and uh, I might see if my mom. I don't. I might see if this if uh, either tomorrow or next week uh, I can make walking tacos again. I'm craving walking tacos again. Walking tacos. Oh yeah, love it. It's easy to make, but it's expensive as hang whenever you buy all the stuff for it. It's like almost fifty dollars for everything you need to get. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's worth it though. But um. And uh, I think uh, <laughs> Jeff Gulich cooking with Robbie. That's funny. <laughs> hey, I can cook to an extent now. Okay, I can. But anyways, I went going out of going out of after watching the game last night. Me and Marin, Marin R26 talked last night, and we talked about this. And, we, and I said, you know, yeah, Lamont Paris, like. Like we've all said, you know, he was at Chattanooga. But whenever they gave him time to build 
they got to the dance, right? And if I was Lamont Paris, I would tell my I would tell the guys that are not seniors, listen, I'm 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 doing basically the same thing Beamer's doing. I'm trying to build something special here and make basketball relevant in South Carolina. And I want you to be a part of it. And most importantly, I can't do it without your help, especially if they're pretty darn good basketball players. Mm. But we'll just have to see where it goes and just let the chips fall where they may. So I'm going to go ahead and get off of here. I'm assuming it's almost 115. So uh, I will uh, talk to you tomorrow. Go yard cock and to heck with Clemson. To heck with them. I hope y'all are ready for a very rude awakening next weekend because it's probably going to be ugly. Okay? It's going to be ugly. Y'all are due for an ass whooping in baseball. Y'all are due for an ass whooping. And it's coming. I love it, Robbie. Well said, my friend. Hey, next week's going to be fun with the rivalry series. That is for sure. For sure. Best best, best rivalry in college baseball. I don't care what anybody says. Best rivalry in college baseball. All right, buddy. Have a great rest of your day. And as always, leave the dumb stuff to me. Will do, Robbie. I appreciate you, my man. Thanks for the call. You too, buddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. For sure. Great, great stuff. Great stuff, my friend, Robbie Davis. And, yes, next weekend will be a lot of fun for sure. Robbie Davis, what a legend. Walking tacos. I've never had a walking taco. I haven't. Uh, Let's see. Joseph, I have this feeling Columbia is about to become some mega college city. And South Carolina will send all – will ascend in football, basketball, and baseball all at the same time. I hope so. I hope so. I hope so. I hope you're right. Be incredible. Anyways, guys, eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. I know our friend Hunter tried to call in, missed his call. So if you'd like to call back in, you're more than welcome to. More than welcome to. We got JC Sherbert upcoming at one fifteen. Uh, also, guys, really excited to really excited to chat with our friends over at Nachos and Analysis next week, which is a Clem Sucks podcast. I'll be jumping on there on Wednesday. I'm assuming for the Thursday podcast to talk all things South Carolina, Clem Sucks, the rivalry series going to be a lot of fun also they had they had a guy that uh i don't know if he like made a bet or something he, he made a bet with uh somebody but he lost the bet and the punishment is that one of their co-hosts of this clem suck show a shirt to the friday night game 
is supplying the shirt. So I ask you all, which shirt should we give him? Which shirt should we make him wear? Right? <laughs> I'm thinking the Clem Stuck shirt just says it all, right? I, I feel like that's the perfect one. Um, I feel like that's the perfect one. So, uh, Coleman Hall, back to your question. He says, Chris, do you think the love for Frank Martin has biased us as a fan base to dislike Lamont a little more than appropriate? The constant comparisons of the X seem to really put a negative push on Lamont. I think for some people, Coleman, absolutely. I think Lamont Paris is held to a much higher standard or is just held under the fire, if you will, much more intensely than, yes, because of people's feelings about Frank Martin and love for Frank Martin. I mean, there's a lot of people out there, Coleman, that still feel like Frank Martin should not have been fired. He should not have been relieved of his duties. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's made it tougher on Lamont Paris for sure. I mean, I, I you know. You know, it's, it's, um, yeah, it, it's one of those things where it is tougher, but I, I don't think it's the majority. But I, I think the minority that is still Frank Martin stands that were upset that he was relieved of his duties again are very, very loud for sure. No doubt. No doubt. Austin, yeah, Clemson is undefeated, but I, I don't think they're going to be a very good ball club, no doubt. I don't think they're going to be a very, very good ball club. So, again, guys, 843-790-3377. Those phone lines are opened up. Text line also open as well. Text line also open. Coleman Hall says that Mississippi State Ole Miss is a better, better college baseball rivalry than South Carolina Clemson sucks. Listen, I'm, I'm not going to argue. I understand where you're coming from in regards to rankings, in regards to postseasons, stuff like that. Let's just say that South Carolina Clem sucks is one of the best rivalries in all of college baseball. To your point, though, one of the things that made it great, or that makes it great, but that really made it great was the success that both teams were having. So, you know, obviously South Carolina and Clem sucks have not been up to that standard of late. And, uh, you know, both need to get back there to really solidify it, re-solidify it as the best rivalry in college baseball, no doubt. Um, Jacob B., it's kind of crazy how trash the ACC is all around. Are you talking baseball? The ACC is actually pretty solid in baseball. They're, they're not too bad. I mean, they're not the SEC. They're nowhere close, but they're not bad. They play some good baseball in the ACC. They play some good baseball in the ACC, for sure. For sure. So... Uh, oh my God. <clears throat> Ruination, Chris, here's your hot take to get Twitter talking. The same people that are calling for Lamont to be fired in year one bashed TSUS for saying fire must champ. I mean, dude, it is what it is, man. It's, it's, I understand. Hey, listen, I understand. No, Ruination, what's, what's more intriguing about what you just brought up is that a lot of the same people that want to meet exile from the fan base in 2019 for calling for must champ's job. Those same people today are on the I hate Will Muschamp, he's a slapdick crew, right? They're, they're those same people. 
You know, so it, it is funny to see things sort of come full circle, if you will, and, and see, you know, see those that, again, literally wanted me canceled or, or, or exiled from the fan base have the same opinion. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. It's uh, – it is what it is, man. It's, it's, it, is, it is what it is. It just happens. It happens, man. It happens. So, it happens. Coleman says the Randy or AKA male Karen crowd. Yeah. Jacoby Wright's playing great. Jacoby Wright. The development of Jacoby Wright has been awesome to watch. No doubt. Been really, really awesome. So. Marion says, Robbie, don't be doing no dumb stuff when me or your mom is not there. Get on him, Marion. That a boy. Get on him. Get on him now. Don't be doing that dumb stuff when they're not around. It's a fact. That is a fact. Love it. Love it. Austin Greer says, I like must chant, to be honest. That's fine. I won't judge you for it. That's totally fine, my friend. To each their own. To each their own. Indeed. To each their own. Anyways, guys, great weekend of college baseball upcoming. The Penn Quakers come to town for a three-game set. Um... Really excited for it. Again, I, I know for those who are not college baseball diehards, you might say, why are you excited for Penn? Again, a quality ball club. Quality ball club coming to town. It's a quality ball club in the in the Ivy League. Six all-conference players return from a season ago. Uh, you know, pretty solid starting rotation. I think this will be South Carolina's best competition yet. Would expect them to win, no doubt, but uh, do not be surprised if a couple of games are close. Do not be surprised at all. It honestly wouldn't shock me if South Carolina lost a game. But uh, do not be surprised if the games are close this weekend. Guys, that being said, we are going to jump into a quick break. We're going to close up the phone lines because on the other side, we've got J.C. Sherbert of Inside the Gamecocks. He will join us, guys. We're really excited for that. Uh, more of that, of course, that conversation upcoming on the other side of the break. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. All right, guys, we are back. We've got J.C. Sherbert upcoming, waiting on J.C. to jump in here. Uh, again, really excited to chat with him, talking all things South Run, including basketball, baseball, football, recruiting, everything you can think of. Uh, again, we are waiting on J.C. to jump into the studio, so give us just a minute here. Um, in the meantime, we'll jump into your questions. Let's see. Nathan said, folks can say what they want about Paris. The team is responding. I thought Josh Gray needed to be on the floor defensively those last two possessions. I think the team is responding. I, I really do. I mean, I think when you look at, you know, this time last week, guys, people were questioning had the Gamecocks quit. So the fact that we're sitting here, you know, after Carolina almost pulls off an incredible upset at home, I, I do think it speaks to, I think it speaks to the fact South Carolina's finishing thing, this thing out the right way, and I think that is admirable. Cody Watkins what is your podcast on? iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, everywhere you get your podcast. Go to it'll be under the Spurs Up Show. So our Daily Crow podcast will drop every single day at three o'clock after TDC airs noon to two. The podcast itself, yes, it's two separate things, drops Mondays and Thursdays at 5 a.m. in the morning. Those drop in the morning on Mondays and Thursdays. And we get into football season, Cody, or we get into July, really, 
The podcast goes from Monday, Thursday to Monday, Wednesday, Friday. That is the schedule. But right now, we're Monday, Thursday. And again, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, everywhere you get your podcast. The Spurs Up Show. You can find us there. So if you have any other more, any, any other questions, any more questions, need help finding it, just please let me know. Please let me know. I'm seeing a lot of comments, folks, thinking that uh, Penn will take a game this weekend, which, you know, I, it wouldn't shock me. It, it wouldn't necessarily shock me, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, babes and Waves, yes, the Spurs Up show is on Twitch. We don't utilize Twitch a ton outside of, I mean, the Daily Crow. You can watch the Daily Crow on Twitch. We are on Twitch. I, I don't utilize it for much more than that, though, Babes and Waves. I just feel like, uh, that is for like strictly video game streaming and 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 you know I normally when I do those simulations and stuff I, I throw it on YouTube I throw it on YouTube as well and give people an opportunity to tune in on different entities if you will uh, Cody Watkins yeah Will Sanders will start Friday for the Gamecocks tomorrow if you will and they will go uh, with Owen Cody who we projected to get the start who is also the preseason pitcher of the year for the Ivy League per d1baseball.com. So it should be a great matchup tomorrow afternoon at Founders Park. That being said, guys, like I said, let me go ahead. We are going to close up the phone lines here because we do have my good friend, of course. It is Thursday, and every single Thursday he joins us. There we go. J.C. Sherbert from inside the Gamecocks of the Big Spur. J.C., what's going on, my friend? Appreciate you taking the time. Hey, uh, uh, nothing much. Doing uh, doing well. Love Thursdays. Uh, a lot of good energy today. A lot of positive vibes. Uh, disappointment last night on the hardwood, but uh, guys fought hard and uh, looking forward to. It's kind of weird because we've had so much baseball. You know, uh, very few days off since the season started. I mean, I'm kind of missing it tonight, so I'm looking forward to <laughs> tomorrow and uh, and uh, watching the Gamecocks hit hit the old ball yard again. Well, especially, J.C., when you're playing as well as the Yardcocks are, you want to play every single day, right? You're just itching to get back after it. But let's start on the basketball side of things because, of course, last night, South Carolina suffers a really tough loss to the second-ranked Alabama Crimson Tide. But I really like, J.C., what you said this morning on your show inside the Gamecocks, which, you know, the word hope, you know, that it provides hope. And I know at times this season, I know you admittedly, had maybe not had quite as much hope as you would have liked just because it's been really, really ugly and really hard to watch at times. But maybe a game like last night, despite the fact you didn't win, maybe a game like last night is one of those results or one of those one of those efforts, if you will, that does give you some hope in the future of this program under Lamont Parrish. Your just overall thought on that and the game itself. Yeah, I mean, you know, it would have been the – as far as rankings go, probably the biggest win, obviously, since Devin Downey took down Kentucky uh, during the, the Darren Horn era. You know, as far as regular season rankings, wins go, obviously, nothing really compares to the Final Four run. But uh, it would have been a significant win and a, one of the biggest upsets of the year in college basketball. Um, and, and, you know, this is a team that part of the reason I didn't have a lot of hope was this is a team that's gone out there and just gotten blown off the floor. So many times. Uh, and then they'll rebound and, and do something, uh, you know, a little bit um, a little bit better and, and compete and go get road wins or whatever and, and all this stuff. And, you know, so it's been a little up and down. My concern 
and what kind of fed the whole hope thing was more so from a recruiting standpoint, a lay of the land standpoint, and a uh, NIL standpoint to a certain extent. You know, college basketball is so transient these days. You have to hit the portal. You have to do this. Um, and I just, you know, this by and large is a portal-fueled or, or portal-built team, uh, and they're not very good So uh, collectively. But um, that was part of my problem. And, and what, what gives me hope now is – you sort of look and you see the competitiveness and all that, but you also see a guy like Jacoby Wright coming into his own. Uh, you see the improvement with Josh Gray. Uh, Josh Gray's got a lot to work on this offseason as far as being a better offensive basketball player, but I think he's certainly capable and he's playing with 10 times the confidence he used to. My goodness, he's seven feet tall, uh, 260 pounds or whatever. I mean, and he's grabbing a lot of boards, uh, really playing a lot tougher. Um, you know, I like what I've seen out of Zach Davis this year. Michi Johnson is playing a lot more consistent. I think he's getting more and more healthy. I don't think he always was early in the season. Um, you know, and so you have some guys that, you know, and I didn't mention G.G. Jackson because I, I don't think he'll be back next season. But some guys that you can carry into next year that can form a, like a leadership nucleus that, that uh, have gelled with Coach Paris. Coach Paris is familiar with them, all that good stuff. And then if you can go add, I hate to say it, five or six pieces <laughs> from the portal, um, you know, I think you can get this this thing too competitive. You know, uh, and maybe maybe you're only looking at, you know, one down year this year record-wise from where Frank Martin had it. Uh, and then, of course, the idea is to, to get South Carolina into the NCAA tournament on a more consistent basis. That's what everybody wants. But, uh, you know, it, performances like last night, not so much – uh, from the team standpoint, but also individually, you could see some some real growth happening there, and uh, I think that's a good sign. Uh, whenever you have a new coach, that things are heading in the right direction. Yeah, JC. When you talk expectations and, and building the program, I mean, what do we feel like the expectations are? Because obviously, Frank Martin was relieved of his duties because of one NCAA tournament appearance in a decade. Granted, that tournament appearance was a Final Four run that is the greatest run in school history. But, I mean, I, I feel like it's got to be somewhat of a luxury, right, for Lamont Paris, that he's probably going to get a couple of years to really get it going. Um, nobody – you know, I mentioned this again on your show. I don't feel like anybody's going to come into next year saying, well, you know, if you if you don't get to the NCAA tournament in year two, like that's going to be a, a really bad sign. He's on the hot seat. So, I mean, what do you think realistically? How long do you feel before realistically the Gamecocks can start competing and – let's just say even pushing for, you know, NIT. Do you think it's realistic that next year this this team could make that type of jump and be set a, a, a postseason team to some degree? It, it's tough because of the transfer portal. I mean, because you, you don't right. know who's going to be in and who's not going to be in. And then in basketball, uh, you know, it, it's so competitive for, for like your top line guys. You know, I think what they're going to have to do is kind of maybe do a little bit of what Shane Beamer has done and, scour the lower levels uh, for guys that can come play. Now that's also easier said than done because in basketball, we've seen guys transfer up for, oh my goodness, Virginia played Texas tech a couple of years ago for the national championship. And, and how many guys from lower levels to Texas tech have on that team, Chris Beard and those guys, uh, Virginia has some transfers as well. So uh, it's easier said than done, but you know, you got to go find guys that you can kind of put together. Sometimes, sometimes you got to outsmart, uh, people, uh, you know, and I think we've seen two examples of that with Frank Booker uh, coming in for Frank Martin, 
Uh, Frank Booker averaged, what, four points a game at Florida Atlantic. Comes in as a double-digit guy under Martin. Well, he, he figured out, hey, he's better than what he's produced. Michi Johnson's kind of the same way. You know, he's a guy that was kind of on the bench at Ohio State and wasn't healthy and, and things like that. Well, now look at him. I mean, he's a really good basketball player. There's a reason he was ranked in the top 100 or whatever as a recruit. So sometimes you got to kind of uh, duck and weave and, and find guys. You know, I, I as much as people sometimes get on Hayden Brown, I, I don't think there's a problem with Hayden Brown being on your uh, on an SEC basketball roster at all. Uh, you know, and, and I'm not just saying that because he went to Burns. Uh, I, I think the problem is is when you're relying on Hayden Brown to be your star or one of your stars each and every night, because he's probably more suited to be a blue-collar role-player type. So, uh, you know, just all in all, it, it depends on the portal. If they can go get a solid group out of the portal, um, you know, I, I think – and then everybody comes back that should, and they make a jump. I'm talking Wright, Gray, Johnson, uh, Hankins, Sanford, Zach Davis, those guys. You know, there's, it, there, there's nothing that says South Carolina can't, you know, get right there, uh, middle of the pack, maybe even better – uh, if the ball bounces their way, you think about this, Chris, you know, you go down in overtime to Vandy, you go down in overtime to Alabama, you lost by what two against Arkansas at home. And you lost a heartbreaker that you, you could have won at the buzzer at Georgia. They're three and 12. So that's four wins. They would have been seven and eight in the league with three games to go hmm. right now, which you know, I think Frank was what nine and nine his last, last go around. So hmm. they wouldn't have been too far off pace. I, I think, you know, what, what what killed this team early and finished them off early were those three games in Charleston, which were, quite frankly, inexcusable. Uh, you know, and I, I don't know every one of those teams is well coached. And Lamont Paris was just kind of starting out and gelling his team. But, man, those were ugly games, every single one of them. You, you, you get waxed by Furman, waxed by Davidson, waxed by Colorado State. Uh, that's going to have people jump off the bandwagon real quick. But, you know, so, so I, I don't know that right now, as it stands, they're – as far off as maybe we thought, you know, they're not going to go one in 17 in the league or whatever, but you know, if you could take that nucleus, get continue to get those guys better and then add some pieces, shoot. I mean, you know, we, we could, uh, we could see them in contention, uh, in contention for a tournament bid next year. Now, now I say that, and I want to remind everybody before they go, Oh, you're crazy. South Carolina has been in contention for a tournament bid, uh, every year since the year before the Final Four, they, they, and at some point in February, been on some some bubble or something, played their way out of it ultimately. So they were they've been close. I mean, it, it's not like they've been that far off. So I think that's realistic to shoot for uh, next season. But uh, like I said, it just kind of depends on who he can find in the portal and if they want to come and if you get them and uh, how they gel and all that. But uh, it, it does give me a little hope that there is a group of guys right now that we can see Chris getting better. And, and, and playing better basketball, getting more confident, that kind of thing. That's coaching. That's establishing your standards for a program. That's 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 those are some things you look for in a first year head coach. And, and for the first time last night, uh, it kind of dawned on me, you know, because it's easy to do it in one game, right? But you do it over time, and you start looking, going, "Hey, this thing's getting better." Uh, that's what gives me gives me hope moving forward. Now, JC, before we get into baseball, let, let's talk a little South kind of football here because uh, FanDuel released some early lines. And, of course, I, I'm somebody that 
I, I love the gambling side of things. I think it gives us a really good indicator of, you know, just obviously what the Sharps in Vegas are thinking, but what a sort of the national perception is of a certain game or your football team. And, you know, obviously Shane Beamer don't give a damn about gambling lines because the Gamecocks have just shown time and time again that they'll be 14-point favorites, 17-point favorites, 20-point favorites, and they'll get the W, right? So it really doesn't matter, but it's just a – it's a fun talking point for people like you and I – I bring that up because, again, FanDuel dropped early gambling lines and South Carolina, a one-and-a-half-point underdog to the North Carolina Tar Heels. Does, does that surprise you, and why do you think that is? Do you feel like that's going to be a trend that that UNC is actually going to be a favorite in that game? Because I, mm. I, I know that when we posted that graphic, most everyone was pretty shocked to see it. I mean, you're just – your just overall thoughts. I mean, again, I know we're talking football in February, but it's never too early to look ahead. But, uh, I mean, do you expect that to be a game that you think will be a pick em? And why do you think that is? I mean, my only thing I could think of is they must not be very high on the Gamecocks' defense, and I think they would be expecting a high-scoring game in the battle of Rattler versus Drake May. But just overall thoughts, does that line surprise you at all, and would you expect it to move? The closeness of it doesn't really at this point, Chris, uh, just because it, it, you know, the the Vegas guys have, or or at least one online sports book I saw, or two of them have Drake May as the leading odds, uh, leading contender for the Heisman next year. Like he has the better, best odds of anyone. Uh, And and so they like that kid. (laughs) And heck, I do too, man. I'll tell you, uh, the the previous staff that was here uh, and talking to somebody that would definitely know all about it. Uh, recruiting, we were talking about North recruiting in North Carolina one day. And, uh, he pointed out to me, he's like, you know, the one we really wanted the special that, I mean, that we were really sad. We couldn't get any traction on is Drake may. Um, and I was like, yeah, he's a good player, but I'm beginning to see why that was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I get it. It's a neutral site game. I, you know, uh, I think the guy, I think Vegas has been wrong more than they've been right about the Gamecocks under Shane Beamer. Uh, which is different because it used to kind of just go according as planned. Uh, but, you know, you, you never know. Somebody may not have a good grasp on geography and understand that Charlotte, North Carolina is closer to Columbia than Chapel Hill. You know, maybe they think it's in North Carolina. I mean, because it is, but it isn't, you know. Uh, I, I don't know. But that that uh, it didn't surprise me that it was close because I think there's still some questions when you look at South Carolina uh, externally you know, on paper, you look and you say, well, who's going to be the running back? Well, they got a kid coming in from Newberry. Um, they probably, you know, the, the guys in Vegas probably don't know a lot about this guy. Oh, well, you know, they lost two of their top three receivers and Jalen Brooks and Josh Van. Well, they lost their entire tight end room. Well, who do they, you know, and, and so I get it. There, there's question marks even on offense. And then the defense is probably going to lose two draft picks at corner. Uh, veteran linebackers like Brad Johnson and Sherrod Green starting defensive tackle. Uh, and Zach Pickens, Jordan Birch walked out the door, uh, Gilbert Evan walked out the door. Uh, and so you look at that too, and, and you know, I, I could see where it'd be close, but you know, North Carolina, uh, I keep saying their defense is going to be better because they, uh, they recruited really well, uh, on that side of the ball, a bunch of big time defensive linemen, but man, they just, they haven't done it. And I don't know that they will. I mean, I, I think, I think that's a, uh, you got kind of a, and Mac, Mac has done a really good job there a second go around, don't get me wrong, but you got kind of a match made there where you got a guy that, that facilitated a culture at Texas that they're still trying to dig themselves out of uh, and, and get, it, we had a program that 
has kind of had that similar culture at times through the years. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't know that. Yeah. I think that type of thing is, is sort of intangible, but, but I think that's kind of what you look for when you talk about North Carolina next year, are they going to be tougher? Are they going to play defense? I can't say they will. So uh, I would probably have the Gamecocks favored myself, but you know, the, the closeness of the line, considering the questions that have not yet been answered, but will be, uh, around the game class program. I, I think by the time we kick off, Chris, I could see, I can see South Carolina going all the way anywhere from a, a three to a seven point favorite. Uh, if things, if things go well this off season, let's just say that like that. Yeah, I, I would expect the same. And again, it's obviously an early spread because these rosters will inevitably change. I think the Gamecocks, I know you and I agree. I, I would think they're going to go back into the portal when it opens back up and, and get somebody. JC, by the way, just to, just curious, do, do we know, do we have an idea of when spring ball, when spring practice is going to get started first, first or second week of March? Do we have an idea or not? I haven't, uh, I haven't seen a schedule unless they released it. And yeah, I, I haven't I, seen I anything. I, just I, I know that the spring game's tracking towards April 15th, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, so that's, uh, but that's, uh, Shoot, I, I I don't know. And see, I don't know if they'll do like 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 Alabama and, and South Carolina and a lot of schools do this. They'll have like one or two practices uh, before spring break, and then everybody goes on spring break and they come back and finish it out. And, and the reason they used to do that, or they do it at, at certain places, Alabama's actually not doing it that way this year. Uh, is you know you you want to get guys thinking uh, about the approach to practice, uh, you know whatever you're going to kind of implement. And then they go on spring break and have a good time, but you want stuff kind of in their mind before they come back. So you don't have that big of an acclimation period when they get back. So I don't know if Shane Beamer is planning on doing it that way this year uh, or not. So, so we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens, but I, I wish I did have a, a date to share with you on that, but I, I don't have one at, as of right now. Well, just around the corner for sure. And I know we'll yeah, be discussing it soon. Yeah, yeah. Soon for sure. As it comes into play and, Again, it's never too early to talk football and, and certainly looking forward to it. Let, let's move, though, to the Diamond, J.C. What a start for the Yardcocks, especially offensively. Of course, a 5-0 and record, but South Carolina right now hitting 374 with 20 home runs. They've scored double-digit runs in each of their five games played this season. I mean, just your overall thoughts on the offensive production. I know you guys talked with Mark Kingston. You talked with Monty Lee. And, you know, those guys were confident coming in the year, right, with an older veteran lineup. But I don't even know if they saw this start coming. Your overall thoughts and just the offensive explosion that's taken place through five games. Yeah. It's almost like these guys got sick of hearing that they couldn't hit the ball, right? <laughs> um, no, I – it's the approach. You know, and, and it's like you said uh, on the show earlier, the approach is just different. It's, it's they're, you know, not swinging away at bad pitches. Uh, there's not a, a, an overt emphasis on the long ball. And, and I think sometimes when you don't, in, in baseball, when you're not trying to hit it over the fence, sometimes you hit it over the fence, you know, because it's, uh, you're selective and, and you get, uh, you get a hold of one. Um, and I think, you know, the players they brought in, Chris, are pretty good. I mean, you know, you think about it, Gavin Cass is a pretty good player, you know, uh, and he, he's really good. You know, um, McGillis who came in from Southern Miss, uh, really good player at Southern Miss, especially in the postseason for the Golden Eagles. Uh, you know, you got a guy like Carson Hornig who's come, you know, who's coming to his own, you know, used to be a younger player. Now he's older. Braylon Wimmer's playing the best baseball he's played, uh, both on defense 
uh, and uh, hitting. You know, I mean, my man's sitting 526 right now with three homers and 12 RBIs. That's 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 a big time deal uh, for for Braylon Wimmer. And then you have other guys like 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 Cole Messina and Talmadge Lacroix are doing what they need to do. Caleb Denny's doing what he needs to do. Uh, Evan Stone is getting on base right. Um, the 571 on base percentage. He's not going to hit great, but if but he's getting on base. You know, six walks on the season. Uh, you know, and I love the fact too that, and this helps your confidence when you get into SEC play uh, and you can't play everybody and empty the bench. I love the fact that you know six seven. Then he comes along. Here comes you know Michael Braswell, Jonathan French, Kevin Madden, and uh, Dylan Brewer. Some of the guys we we knew from last year. They 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 come on in and and, and they've been doing their part. And I think anytime you're blow, this is why blowouts are probably not the best viewing experience for fans. But blowouts are awesome if you're on a team because the guys that don't ever get to play get to play. And then everybody's happy, and they come back the next day wanting to work even harder, and they enjoy coming to practice. When you're losing or just scraping by and and things aren't always going well, you know, or or things aren't going well at all, you know, people get disgruntled because then the kids on the bench are like, well, why why don't I get a shot? You know, it it becomes more of an individual thing. but teams that, that blow people out tend to have pretty good camaraderie and things like that because, hey, everybody's getting a swing at it, right? So um, uh, I think that's been important too and will continue to be uh, as we move forward, you know, prior to SEC play. And another thing is too, uh, I, I don't blame Kingston for emptying the bench uh, because as much as this program struggled with injuries, right, uh, it's always a good idea to have people ready <laughs> to go. And so I think that's been important as well. Yeah, depth certainly important in baseball. When you think about SEC play, JC, like you mentioned, and interchanging, interchanging different guys, you're going to need all hands on deck when you take on that SEC gauntlet, the best college baseball or the best that college baseball has to offer uh, for sure. JC, last thing before I get you out of here, and of course we got a big series this weekend against the Penn Quakers, but moving back to – the football side of things, because the big news of the week that will affect college football nationally, at least the, 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 uh, you know, the chatter is beginning Ross Dellinger of sports illustrated many reported on it, but earlier this week, uh, he tweeted out college ball leaders are moving closer to recommended clock rule changes meant to reduce plays in games for the safety and game length reasons. Sources tell sports illustrated. These are the four proposals prohibiting consecutive timeouts. For example, icing kicks, no untimed down at the end of the first quarter and third quarter. This is where it gets interesting. The clock running after first downs, except inside of two minutes and a half. And the final one, clock running on incompletions once the ball is spotted. So first thing, JC, is this. Are college football games too long? And your just overall thoughts on these proposed rule changes. And are they really for the the safety and to reduce plays, if you will, it feels like it's a bit of a a decision made for business, which is normally what these decisions revolve around. But just thoughts on these proposed changes to the game and and, and in an effort to shorten the games, if you will. Yeah, you know, early in my career, I was working in Gainesville, Georgia at a newspaper. And so, so I was there in 03 and Mark Rick, I think he was in his third year. And the, in the 03 season, they tried s- some stuff like this. Like, mm-hmm. And the games were, w- were way short. They certainly went a lot shorter uh, that season. I mean, it, you know, it was like 10, 15 plays a game were out. 
Uh, and Mark Rick made the comment. He's like, I don't know why they want to do that because what you're doing is just taking away what the fans love, which is watching their team play. Um, we have, tw- you know, most teams in college football are guaranteed 12 games a year. So the other 353 days a year, we're sitting around like me and you talking about it, right? Um, it, 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 it's not like baseball where there's 56 ball games or basketball where there's 30 or the NFL where there's 17 in the regular season. I mean, it's only 12. Uh, if you're lucky enough to get to a bowl, 13, you know, and, and, and so to me, anything that tries to cut that back, I mean, my God, it's, it's, it goes so fast as it is. Um, you know, the only thing with, with the length of games that, you know, I think gets, gets crazy is like when you're trying to watch it on TV, like I know I was watching the Gator bowl and I, I wanted to like literally jump through the TV and, 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 and strangle the Mayo bowl people because I was watching that awful game between Maryland and NC state and they kept calling timeouts. So, you know, we had to catch the first part of the Gator bowl and ESPN news. Um, that's fine. You know, I mean, I, I would, I'll take that inconvenience television wise every now and then, uh, for, for the maximum amount of college football, which again is what we all love. Now, as far as the specific rules go one and two, I don't care. <laughs> I mean, there's rarely an untimed down anyway. Uh, the icing, the kicker thing, it, it takes a little bit of the strategy off, but then it avoids unfortunate situations like where your kicker nails the kick because he's already kicking when the timeout happens. And, uh, and oh, and then the next one he misses, you know, that's a little bit I – I don't like games being decided like that, so that's fine with me. But, you know, this whole first downs, you know – I, that's, that's too big of a strategy, uh, a breaking strategy, uh, for me. Uh, and then, you know, with, with the, with the, the, the incomplete pass thing, you know, you're eliminating like the, the spiking of the ball to stop the clock and running your field goal unit on. I mean, that's going to cost somebody a game. And then, you know, what happens if, if you have a referee, cause this is going to happen, Chris, an officiating crew. Okay. Home team goes throws the ball um, out of bounds and, and the ref is uh, or incomplete. The ref is like very slowly going to spot the ball while the field goal team jogs on. Or if they're, you know, pulling for the other team, they're going to go really, really fast. And, and I just think with the way officiating is so inconsistent between the crews and all that, you're opening yourself up for major issues at the end of the game. Uh, if you, uh, if you do that or, you know, before the two minute, two minute warning or whatever, um, you know, because obviously inside of two, but no, no, I'm sorry. The incomplete pass things till the end of the game. So that's right. So uh, yeah, I mean, you're going to run into some end of the game issues um, with, uh, with that, with not uh, with spotting it after an incomplete pass. So I, I, you know, that would be the absolute worst thing of all four of them. But uh, the, the third one with not stopping them on, first downs i mean i don't know man i i'm just not a big fan of it because the the strategy is you get a first down you stop the clock that kind of thing so i i um i uh i the first two like i said i wouldn't care the the second two are hard no for me uh but then um overall though i i don't think there's any reason to be wanting to shorten uh college football games if you want to shorten it you know but they'll never do this because of money, like you said. Uh, make the timeout shorter. 
no, can't do that, can you? <laughs> so that that's kind of how I feel about that. Well, and it's like you mentioned too, man. I mean, there's only 12 or 13 games in a season. I, and most most college football fans, I think, would watch the games if they were six hours long. You know what I mean? Like you like you said, you only yeah. get so many of them. So I, I just, and we wait all year for it, right? right. We, I mean, we're, we're already counting it down, man. Right. It's February. So, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I, I do agree with you. I think the, the rule changes would be preposterous, but either way, uh, above our pay grade. J.C. Sherbert of Inside the Gamecocks, the Big Spur. J.C., always a pleasure, my friend. I appreciate you taking the time and uh, definitely looking forward to doing it again uh, next week. Appreciate you. Hey, thanks, Chris. Have a good one, bud. Yeah, man. Take care. Great stuff from J.C. Sherbert, as always. A lot of fun in that conversation. Guys, we are going to jump in our final break of the day on the other side. Uh, We will take your questions, your comments, your calls, and more. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Final 10 minutes or so here on The Daily Crow. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. Again, want to say thank you to J.C. Sherbert of Inside the Gamecocks of the Big Spur. Great conversation, as always, with JC. Always look forward to chatting with him each and every single week. But again, guys, do want to hear from you. The phone lines are open once again. Uh, I think we just had a missed call over the break. So if you would like to call back in, you are more than welcome to do so. You're more than welcome to do so here. Um Rebecca, what's going on? Appreciate you tuning in. I did see that your hen laid an egg. How about that? As expensive as eggs are, uh, that's uh, that's actually pretty valuable for you. So, congratulations. Nathan, am I a bad person because I never want Clem Sucks to win at anything? No, I just think you're a Gamecock fan. <laughs> you're not a bad person. You're just a Gamecock fan. It is what it is. That's That's how rivalries are supposed to go, my guy. That's how rivalries are supposed to go indeed. So... To JC's point, it is like almost kind of weird, right? South Carolina baseball not playing a game tonight. Um, you know, eight games in the first 10 days of the season. Uh, we've been spoiled with a lot of fun baseball. So, no no games tonight. A uh, bit of a calm night, if you will, in South Carolina country. But, uh, yeah, really, really good stuff. And, like I said, I, I'll let you guys know. I may catch a game this weekend. I'm not 100% sure yet. But, uh, yeah, that may happen. So, I, I, I'm not exactly sure. But, uh, yeah, so. Anyways, excited to hear from you all. Great conversations, great stuff today. I feel like the show has just flown by. Um, Yeah, I feel like the show has just flown by. Rebecca says, y'all talking about camouflage. They need to, pink to, they need to do pink for the women, Chris. I'm game. Why not? I'm, I'm all game for it. I saw you comment about the pink camo. I'd be down. I'd be down. Jeff Gulledge, players report for spring practice next week, right? Jeff, we don't have an official date. I have no idea. I have no idea. Um, with the spring game being on April 15th, I think it'll be more so in the month of March. I think it'll be, you know, around March 7th, 8th, something like that. So, yeah. That's just my guess. I mean, I have no clue, though. 
Yeah, Marion Lady Cox traveled to ball country tonight. Indeed. Indeed. <clears throat> Indeed. Going to be a lot of fun. Intriguing game. A sneaky, intriguing game. Mm -mm -mm. Anyways, guys, appreciate you all. Check out the podcast that dropped this morning, by the way, episode 762. Full breakdown of the basketball game last night. Uh, of course, series preview as well. Looking ahead to this weekend against the Penn Quakers, and I'm very excited for, very excited for this one. Very excited for the series against Penn. Uh, a high-quality ball club, no doubt. And uh, looking forward to South Carolina taking on, I think, a step up again in competition. Certainly a step up in competition and uh, should be an exciting weekend. At Founders Park, Nathan says, are all three of the suspended football players off the team? I think right now, until things get finalized, Nathan, they are. I think until things get finalized, they are indeed off the team. So, yep, that is the... That is the situation right now. We will see what comes of it. Shane Beamer has not updated anything. I don't think Shane Beamer will speak until spring practice returns, but, uh, you know, that is still ongoing. So we'll see what happens. We shall see what happens. Beautiful day here in the upstate. High 70s. Probably going to be a beautiful weekend for baseball as well at Founders Park. So, looking forward to it. Yeah, the SEC standings are a thing of beauty right now. South Carolina is the only undefeated team in the SEC East uh, sitting atop the rankings. So, you know, we'll see if that continues. Again, some really intriguing series in the Southeastern Conference this weekend. Tennessee currently dead last. Tennessee and Vandy sitting at 3-2. and two. Let's jump to the phone lines here. Call from Hunter. Hunter, what's up, man? How are you? I'm good, man. What about you? I'm doing fantastic. Appreciate you asking. What's going on? Uh, yeah, so what's going on with the whole uh, Carolina sports now? It seems like everybody's winning. Um, I mean, which is a good thing, but, I mean, obviously, except for the men's basketball with lost two points, I mean, still not bad against the number, you know, former number one uh, team. Uh, I mean, it seems like everything's just clicking together now this year. Yeah, I mean, the bats are off to a hot start. Um, you know, softball's winning. Softball's really hot. Um, yeah, you know, I know men's yeah. basketball is still obviously struggling, but you know, Don Staley's squad, obviously the women's basketball program, they're clicking. So yeah, I would say, enjoy it, my guy. Enjoy it. <laughs> Truly enjoy yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Seems like, uh, one of the football players, uh, needs to start complaining on Instagram live so we can, they, they can start winning more games. <laughs> Maybe that's what it takes, my friend. I don't know. Maybe that's what it takes. Yeah. Yeah, and no, I mean, that just seems what it seems like, you know, uh, when Gigi started, you know, complaining about, you know, how he wasn't getting past the ball and stuff like that. And it seems like every everything just clicked after that. And it seems like they're doing really, 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 really well. Oh, I can't talk today. But, um, yeah, yeah, I don't 
happened there. They should have been doing that at the beginning. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it was a valiant effort last night. And, uh, you know, I, I thought they were going to pull the upset, but, um, you know. Yeah, I mean, they still did pretty good. I mean, yeah. whether we didn't do the upset or not, we still lost by two points by against a number two Alabama team. So. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I left that game really encouraged, Hunter. You know, it's uh, despite the results, the resolve and the resiliency of this team, and and it felt like a couple of different times that Alabama might pull away, might might put their foot on your throat and, uh, you know, cover that big spread, if you will. But South Carolina just refused. And every time they needed a big shot, they hit it. And uh, every time they needed a stop, right. they got it. And, you know, unfortunately, again, you come up on the wrong side. But I, I think last night is a great sign of things to come and that, that there's, there's a lot of positive hope under Lamont Paris. There's a lot of hope that things could get better and that the Gamecocks – uh, we'll very soon field a basketball program I think we'll all be proud of. So, you know, again, despite the result, it yeah, definitely was a great effort. And, uh, you know, you just hope now you can build off of it in the future. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, you're right. Um, that, that's all I needed, man. No, I appreciate it. Hunter, you're the man. I appreciate the call. No problem. You take yes, it sir. Easy. Yes, sir, you too. Take care. Great stuff from our friend Hunter. Always a pleasure chatting with him. Um, he says maybe a football player should go on Instagram Live and complain so we can play better. I mean, if that's what it takes, that's what it takes, I guess. If that's what it takes, that that's what it takes. Um, anyways, <laughs> what a time to be alive. What a time to be alive, for sure. Nathan says, Michi's really stepped up as a player, playmaker, and a leader. Team really needed that. He has. Yeah, Michi's been playing great basketball. Absolutely. Uh, appreciate Brendan M. tuning in, by the way. Remember the Big Cock Club? I know I saw you comment earlier, but I didn't get to it. Appreciate you, Brendan. All those in the Big Cock Club, appreciate y'all. I'll be, do be doing my best. I am planning on streaming all three games, or, well, if I don't go to them, go to any of them, streaming all three games in the Big Cock Club Discord this weekend as South going to take on the Penn Quakers. It'll be a lot of fun. If you want to join the Big Cock Club, that's patreon.com slash Club. Patreon.com slash Big Cock Club is how you can check it out and join the Discord today. Guys, we're about to hit 2 o'clock. Again, be sure to check out the podcast that dropped this morning, episode 762, a full breakdown of the baseball, excuse me, basketball game last night. And, of course, we look ahead to this weekend as South Carolina takes on the Penn Quakers. Again, I want to say thank you to J.C. Sherbert. Of course, guys, do not forget we've got Mark Ryan on tomorrow's show, normally on Wednesday he joins us tomorrow to close out the week in a conversation that should be a lot of fun. Guys, that being said, we've hit 2 o'clock. Appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much. Have a great rest of your Thursday, and we will talk to you all tomorrow. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. 
Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com